From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel, providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. Hi, I'm very excited today to have a guest uh, talking about a topic that I haven't really spoken of before. It concerns our environment. Uh, but it is also still high-tech. And my guest today is Ziv Lautman. Ziv is the co-founder and CMO of Brizometer, a startup company recently named as one of the 20 most promising startups in the world. Ziv hiked all over the world, and by seeing environmental gradation in most places, Ziv's passion navigated him to study environmental engineering at the Technion. In 2013, Ziv interned at the Ministry of Environmental Protection with the senior deputy to the Director General's office as part of the Milken Institute Fellows Program. Toward the end of that fellowship, Lautman received a phone call from a colleague who had a problem finding the healthiest place to live in Israel. And that was the start of Ziv's entrepreneurship journey. Ziv, hello. How are you today? Great. Thank you. Thank you for the warm introduction. Okay, even before we start, I, I just want to mention to my listeners, there is, if they go to the App Store, if, if they're on Android or Apple, uh, there is an app uh, called Brizometer, I believe. You'll explain to me in a minute why, why there's a picture of an elephant on it. And I, and I actually have started to use it. Uh, I like to jog. And, and some mornings, most mornings, it says to me, uh, Philip, be careful. The air is okay, but be careful. So tell me, first of all, is, <laughs> if I wanted to find the best air in Israel, where, where would I find it? So my answer will be, it depends. Okay. It depends on the time and on the area. The World Health Organization declared it as a global health emergency. More than 5 million people die from air pollution every year. And every city in the world suffers in, in some way or the other from air pollution. Mm-hmm. So, and because air pollution is very, is very dynamic, you know, it moves, it changes, it, uh, it depends on, on anthropogenic uh, behavior like traffic, like you know, power consumption, electricity consumption. So it really changes and varies. I can say that in different seasons, for example, we see that there are places that are more polluted, like the summer in Jerusalem is, is very polluted because, you know, very strong winds bring all the pollution from, from Gush Dan and Tel Aviv area. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the opposite, on the spring, for example, the, the air quality is much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even in that period, you have certain days, certain times that the air quality is, is much better and really depends. And the change at the course of the hour. Okay, I, I'm checking it, so I'll I'll keep you informed. But again, it, it, the reason the symbol of the elephant is that for its its long nose. Actually, the original reason was because you know air pollution is not is not fun. It's not something that maybe most people enjoy speaking about, and we really want to make it fun, intuitive, simple to people. So uh, we chose uh, you know a nice animal that. Uh, 
have a have a good have a, have a good karma and have a, and it can be fun for people to look at. Okay, it is. It's 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 a really nice app. Okay, so let me let me uh, start with the following question. Many years ago, on a hot, humid, smoggy day in Chicago, I, I went to participate in a softball tournament a few hundred meters from the lakefront. After a few hours, I started to experience difficulty breathing. Drinking water, moving into an air-conditioned car did not seem to alleviate my symptoms. Finally, after a few hours, I was able to breathe normally again. If I had the Breezometer app many years ago, would I have skipped playing softball that day? So we would definitely recommend you not to not to play outside or not to have you know strangers activity outdoor. Mm-hmm. Definitely, but we will probably also mention okay, not to wait maybe an hour or two. Uh, check again because as I said air pollution is very dynamic, uh, but definitely this is something that we will recommend, and you can avoid these uh, health consequences. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, really very important, I would say, for children and uh, certainly children who are, uh, you know, playing or, or being active outside. Yes, also to people that suffers from heart heart disease are very much related to to air quality, asthma and COPD. Um, elderly people, and also general, and also general population. At the end, air pollution, what you are exposed today, might affect you in in couple of years, uh, especially if it's you know chronic exposure that happen on a daily basis. It's just too too important to to ignore. So how how did your hiking over the world and your friend's request for the healthiest place to live in Israel uh, get you attracted or get involved in air quality? So first, as you mentioned at the beginning, I really traveled all around the world and in, in the same and everywhere I saw the same things. I saw environmental hazards. I saw air pollution. I saw waste. I saw contaminated rivers. And I decided oh, I want to fix it. I went to study environmental engineering at the Technion. And and one day, well, after graduating, when I was at the Ministry of Environmental Protection, I honestly just got a phone call from today the CEO of the company that was asking asking for my help. He knew I was working for the Ministry of Environmental Protection and and that there was a lot of environmental data out there. And he was just looking where he could buy a house, the healthiest place to live in Israel. It's a... <laughs> Maybe it will sound strange to the you know to the to, to the people out there, but for environmental engineers, since we study about the relationship about our environment and our health, it was obvious that we that he would like to to buy a house in in the best place, especially when his wife has asthma and she was pregnant. And we mainly looked at at air quality because we knew that there was a lot of data about air quality. There are sensors that are measure the air quality all over the world. All across Israel, um, and, and something that started just you know as a home project, as a fun project between two two friends trying to successful business. So, can you tell my listeners where he ultimately bought a house? So it's not me, Ran. Ran is the CEO. He actually bought a house in Yokneam Elite. <laughs> okay. He was looking for for the north, and Yokneam Elite has great quality most days. Of course, they also have their their down days, but in most days. They are enjoying great air quality. Okay, so you mentioned before there's a lot of data out there. How, how does your app work? Do you have monitors all over that transmit real-time data to your servers, or are you just getting into public data that is out there? So, yeah, that, that's the beauty of it. There is a lot of data out there, a lot of environmental data, a lot of regulations, uh, open 
a whole new data set to the world. One of these data is, as I said, governments all over the world placed tens of thousands of air quality sensors that measure air quality, that measure six main pollutants. So this is the basic layer of our data. We are gathering this data from today from 28 countries. We signed agreements with each government that we can gather this data thanks to the Freedom of Information Law. And we also gather other data sets like weather and, and other, which is our IP, and we combine them all into, into our own smart algorithms that understand how air pollution moves and disperse uh, in real time. Um, and, I, and maybe just a, a place to mention that the app is only is basically only our use case. It's something that we provide for free for citizens. But our real business is 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 in the data analytics. It's in providing this data after we analyze it. It's a very valuable data to many different segments. So we, today we sell this data, and we're also helping municipalities, smart cities to to make informed decisions on our well-being. So the app is on the one side of. Of I see. So you mentioned cities, and I actually have had the uh, opportunity to be in Beijing. <laughs> Would you call that the quote-unquote black as opposed to gold <laughs> standard of poor urban air quality? Yes, definitely. Beijing is a, is a very unique uh, style in the in the air pollution arena. Um, city that suffers a lot from air pollution and. You know, in many places, what we usually say in Brisbane is that air pollution is invisible, and we make the invisible visible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the case in Beijing. No, it is not. Yeah, air pollution is definitely visible there, and it's, yeah, it's uh, it's the gold star. But I also have to say that today, India already passed China in terms of, of bad air pollution. Wow. So can a person today live in an urban center and have access to good air? So yeah, definitely, definitely, yes. Yes, even in Beijing, there are times and places that we see. I get everyday notifications about the quality all over the world, and I see that there are good times and good places in Beijing. And in every city, there are good times and there are bad times. It can be in the course of hours that, you know, due to traffic jams, now one street or one area will be polluted, but then after a couple of hours. So it's really dynamic. And that is why it's important to to have this kind of data, to be informed, to, to take to, to take informed decision on, on on your own well-being. Does your technology, can it also monitor air quality inside homes and offices, or is it strictly technology for outdoors? So currently we focus mainly on outdoors. I can tell you that I uh, hope in a few weeks we will announce uh, we are working on a partnership with uh, an indoor air quality company that measure air quality indoors mm-hmm. and will definitely also want to provide this kind of data because we always spend a lot of time uh, indoors and actually all studies show that uh, air pollution indoors is even five times higher than wow. Wow. outdoors because air pollution accumulates inside. Mm. Uh, there are many, many uh, syndromes like sick building syndrome that is uh, well known in the literature and, and something that you can actually that you can feel, you know, when you're in the home and, you know, there is no air from outside, you can feel it. So, yeah, 
I hope we'll have it uh, by the by the end of this month or the next. I see you live near one of my favorite cities. You live in it in the San Francisco yeah. Bay Area. Do you ever personally cancel a jog or a bike ride because of you know readings or information you're you're getting from your technology? So the answer is, is yes. I live today. Uh, San Francisco is beautiful, and I'm wondering what is your favorite city. But uh, so San Francisco is beautiful, but there is two two main highways crossing the the city. The traffic here is, is pretty bad, and I'm actually living pretty close to to these highways. Yes, I, I've driven. I've taken that drive from Palo Alto to San Francisco, and it's 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 not the most pleasant. Uh, to drive in the world, but once you get into San Francisco, I, I, I just—it's uh, a beautiful city. Uh, yes. You know, both sides of the bridge. Exactly, but but yes, I I, I actually not not exercising on and actually just exercising indoors. That's my solution. I have a gym uh, in the building I'm living, mm-hmm. and I, I I prefer running outdoors every day. I have my uh, my daily run, and, and the days that I see that air pollution is, is is bad, I'm just doing that indoors. Okay, that's very good advice. So. So now I'm going to move to your your engineering hat, your uh, what you've learned and, and and your outlook. What is going to help air quality in our urban settings? Is it going to be electric cars, driverless cars, more public transport, bike lanes? What what do you think can be done or needs to be done to to improve because at the end of the day certainly we see this in China the cities are attracting more and more people uh, people still like to live in urban settings what is happening or can happen in order to improve air quality so I can, can say that today cities and governments are doing many things on air quality policies and uh, regulations and in most cities around the world in most cities, transportation is up to 60% of the air pollution problem. So the main key here is transportation, is adjusting the public transportation, is making it more efficient, it, uh, persuading more people to give up on their car for uh, public transportation, is to turn public transportation to more electric. This is something that is being done Amazingly, here in San Francisco, many buses are running on electric uh, on electricity. So I, I believe this is the solution, at least for the next uh, couple of years, until you know electrical vehicles will be to uh, take. Uh, it will take a couple of decent years to make electrical vehicles vast and, and the majority of vehicles. So it's definitely investing in public transportation and making it electric, and make it more efficient. In, in, in enabling people to use many more bikes, is enabling people to, to even walk, you know, even walk a, a, a better and and to make the the walkways just more pleasant and and fun. So I believe this is the solution, mm-hmm. at least for the next couple of years, and it's feasible. You know, we can all be driving electric cars sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question for myself, for my listeners. Uh, I know you're not in the travel business, but where could someone go this summer uh, on their vacation and breathe healthy, wholesome air? Where would you send them? Oh, uh, many places. Yeah, I think I would send them to somewhere to the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, when the chances to get fresh air is much better. Or 
to actually also to places uh, near the ocean. I, I noticed that you uh, were part uh, a part of the Milken Institute Fellows Program. I, I had the privilege of attending uh, two years in a row their annual uh, event in Los Angeles. Great event. A great, a great event. Uh, I know Milken is, is into what we call in Hebrew tikkun olam, yeah. you know, fix, fixing the world, uh, particularly on health issues. Is is that what attracted him or someone like you to be in the the program because of your knowledge or your work that would improve people's overall health? So in in, in the Institute, I was I was very impressed by their work in health and environment. They had some amazing research about water consumption, water desalination, about waste management in Israel. I looked a lot about the, the, the work they, they've been doing in Israel. It was very rare for an engineer. I, I think I am the first and last engineer that was participated in this fellowship program. Most people are, are uh, policy makers or economists, right. maybe MBA. And that's what attracted me, that they are combining both the economical side of of the environment and health, and also, of course, the, the health and environment uh, itself. And this combination, I knew, I understood that that's the way to move things. And this is also the way we are trying to do with our smart city solution, with our business solutions, to to correlate between the economic effects of, of pollution, the health effects of pollution, and to encourage, and as I said, encourage cities, businesses, to really make informed decisions on our well-being based on facts, based on costs. I think the Milken Institute was an amazing opportunity for me to understand that. Yes, that's a great yeah. organization. All right, my last question is just uh, sort of a, a funner question. You know, you've mentioned, I mentioned before, you've hiked all over the world. Tell my listeners two of your favorite hikes. Yeah. We won't force you to pick one, so I'll let you pick two. Okay, so first, the Israel National Trail is just a month. Mm. I hiked all over the world and I think Israel National Trail is the best and most beautiful wow. hike I wow. did. Not because it's in Israel, just because you can cross so many different terrains in so many different areas and you meet amazing people and I had the time of my life on this trail. Wow. So I really recommend it. Did you do it in pieces? One time, two months, two amazing months, 55 nights. Wow. Actually. What time of the year did you do it? So I started in March from the north and ending in, uh, in May. Wow, in that's really fantastic. Okay, that's a good advertisement. And where where's your second one? So my second favorite is definitely South America. Oh, I love this wow. uh, this continent. Uh, Latin America is an amazing place. And I will say Col- Colombia. And there was a great hike I did in uh, the north part of Colombia. I was going to guess when you said that I was thinking some Patagonia or something in that uh, Chile, Argentina. Yeah, I didn't reach Argentina and Patagonia uh, yet. I'm planning to hopefully. Okay. Okay. Hopefully soon. Colombia. I was working actually in Colombia after I graduated uh, from my environmental engineering. I was planning a solar facility, solar energy facility there, and I had the chance to hike a lot with some locals and, and colleagues from work. So definitely a Taganga area in North Colombia. So I'll have to add that, that to my list. So Ziv, if, if uh, my listeners want to find out more about Brizometer or contact you, how, how would they do that? So first you can go to our website, uh, www.brizometer.com. 
And of course, I'll be happy to answer any questions uh, by email. My email is uh, zivziv at rezometer.com. Well, Ziv, thank you for this uh, really interesting conversation today. And uh, you're doing work that all of us will ultimately benefit from and our, our children and grandchildren. So keep, keep up the good work, as they say. And uh, we hope to hear good things about your company. Thank you. Thank you very much, Philip. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for the challenging questions. And uh, I hope to maybe see you soon as well. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein & Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn.